From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A retinal tear or a retinal detachment are ophthalmic emergencies that need to be identified quickly in order to have a good prognosis. With me to talk about these conditions is a retinal specialist from Upstate, Dr. Amir Yazdanyar. He's an assistant professor of ophthalmology and visual sciences and neuroscience and physiology at Upstate. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Yazdanyar. Good to be back. Now, what can you tell us about the retina? What part of the eye is the retina? I usually uh, use this analogy uh, that the retina and in general the eye function like a camera. Uh, obviously, there are lens in front of the camera and there's a film in the back of the eye. And the film is a sensitive layer that captures the light and we can basically see a picture. Uh, retina functions the same way. It's a neurosensitive part of your eye, which is located deep into your eye like you film in the camera. And it would capture the light and translate it into electrical signals that then your optic nerve will take those signals into your brain for processing. And this way uh, you can see the pictures. So if I want to kind of summarize it, the retina is a neurosensitive part of your eye that basically capture the light, translate into signals that potentially your brain will capture it as an image. So we need the retina. If we don't have the retina, we can't see, it sounds like, without it. Uh, that, that's, that's a correct statement. Basically, we have multiple disease of the retina. Then if you look at the, the structure of the eye, everything looks in place and fine, but if the retina is not functional, Therefore, even though the front part of the eye and the vasculature and the muscles and the lens and everything is functional, but if the retina is not in place and is not functional, therefore there is no image being created and transferred into your brain. Uh, I can give you an example. We have a lot of patients with inherited retinal disease that they have damage to the retina. And if you look at it, it looks normal, but there are tiny cells or even a single molecule, which is uh, dysfunctional and this transduction of the signal is compromised. Therefore, even though we have like a normal anatomy, but the integrity of the system in terms of biochemical reactions and transduction of the signal is compromised. Therefore, we won't be able to um, see anything even though we have the, the structure in place. Well, now how does the retina, how is it expected to change as someone ages or does it change as we That's age? A very good question. Uh, retina does change with age. Um, a retina has uh, different layers and also has a very extensive blood supply. And now we know because of the human studies, a lot of imaging modalities and also some animal studies, we know that with age, the thickness of the retina will diminish. And as you grow older, you have a thinner retina. Uh, the vasculature of the retina is also is not as perfect as it is when you're like a 10 year old. With age, the vascular density will decrease as well. Uh, the connection between the cells, there are like you know, millions and millions of cells in your retina that are wired up. They are connected to each other. They form this connection called synapses. And with age, this connection between the cells is not perfect either. And the total number of synapses are decreased. We, we have evidence to show that there are cell death and gradually the number of the cells in your retina will decrease as you age. 
And uh, these are overall this uh, changes of the retina we do see in a normal individual. Most of the time in a healthy individual with good diet, no, no other disease, they are able to maintain a perfect vision. Despite the fact that they go through all these changes, they are still able to maintain a good vision, a useful vision. Obviously, if you have other risk factors such as poor diet, smoking, high blood pressure, inherited retinal disease, or any damage or trauma to your eye, you, you will notice some changing your vision much faster. Well, as we um, as we talk about retinal tears, you mentioned the thinning of the tissue as a person ages. Does that set them up to become more prone to a tear if you're older? Um, that's correct. Uh, you know, when we are talking about the risk factors of the retinal tear and retinal detachment, aging itself is a huge risk factor. We do see a lot of patients they come in without a history of any trauma. And just because um, they get older, and I'm pretty sure we're going to cover this topic in this conversation today, as they get older, the retina is thinner, there might be some changes in the peripheral retina, and as soon as they have any um, movement of their vitreous, which is attached to the surface of the retina, uh, they end up having retinal tear and consequently retinal detachment. So how would someone know that they have a tear happening? What are the symptoms? Um, there are very prominent symptoms that usually patients they come in with because they are really bothersome. They will notice floaters, meaning that uh, there are tiny spots, cobweb, different patients, they explain them uh, with different language. And they come in different shape, color, or flavors. But overall, floaters are tiny or lines or tiny spots that patients they notice uh, in the field of the vision that they never had before. Uh, if you talk about um, retinal detachment, retinal tear, basically you're talking about attraction on the retina that translates into flashes. I usually explain to the patient that flashes are uh, similar to 4th of July firework. A lot of shimmering lights, showers of like the sparkles that you know come down and they, they, they are very consistent, very persistent and and the patient will notice them for a long period of time. And that's another prominent sign of retinal detachment. If you have a small size retinal detachment, it may not be visually significant, but if it turns into a half an eye retinal detachment or a complete retinal detachment, then uh, the, vision, the, the patients, they usually experience vision loss, either a complete vision loss or a limited cut in the field of the vision. And those are the major signs. It's flashes, floaters, and uh, a cut field in the vision or uh, basically complete vision loss. Well, are these, if, if someone's experiencing a symptom, any of those symptoms, are those things that need to be acted on immediately? Do they need to go to the emergency department or, or do they call a primary care doctor? I mean, what's the right course of action? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, Nowadays, I think most of the patients, they have access to a smartphones and they can Google stuff. And as soon as you type in vision loss or flashes, floaters, you will, you will get a lot of information that will kind of guide you towards the right direction. Retinal detachment, retinal tear, flashes, they are emergencies. And I don't think that any patient uh, has to kind of wait on them and keep up with the symptoms. Uh, they have to uh, seek care as soon as possible. 
Um, obviously, they need a retina specialist care, and if they can get themselves to a place that they can, and um, even optometrists, ophthalmologists, or retina specialists, it depends where they are, how far away from the hospital are they, and uh, they need to immediately be seen. And these are, I have seen uh, very bad outcome of a situation that there was a small tear that turned into a retinal detachment, the patient didn't pay attention, and we see the patient now like four weeks or five weeks after the retinal detachment. And usually those patients, they don't do well. Uh, kind of loop back to the question that you asked, uh, yes, if you notice flashes of light, floaters, or any change in your vision, that is an emergency, and you need to seek care. You can call your primary care doctor, get a referral, or go to the emergency room if it's in the middle of the night or over the weekend. At Upstate, we have like a full coverage over the weekend, day and night, and they are welcome to come to the eye clinic during the daytime, or they can go to emergency room, and one of our residents will come and take a look. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with ophthalmologist Dr. Amir Yazdanyar. We're talking about what's most important to know about retinal tears and retinal detachment. So let me ask you, if someone does come to the emergency department or your office with symptoms like this, how do you go about diagnosing what's happening and how to treat it? Um, obviously, my clinic, everybody gets dilated and they will have a thorough um, eye exam. And if the patient is symptomatic, uh, obviously doing the eye exam on a diabetic without flashes of floaters is very different from a patient who is coming in with flashes, floaters, and some change in the vision. So we usually do a thorough exam and we do a escalar depressed exam, uh, meaning that we use like a tool called escalar depressor. We kind of press around the eye. Some of the patients are comfortable, some of the patients are uncomfortable we try to make it as gentle as possible and this way we basically we do a thorough 360 exam we look at every part of the eye every corner of the eye and we look for the cause of these new onset floaters and flashes uh, sometime i have had a patient that they are uncomfortable with the exam or because of the tear they had they had like a lot of bleeding in the eye and those are the situation that we can uh, take the patient for exam under anesthesia and uh, possibly doing a vitrectomy surgery in the operating room uh, to kind of save the eye and put the retina back in. So uh, these could potentially need um, emergency surgery to be done, right? If the, correct. If the patient has a retinal tear without having a uh, complete retinal detachment, we are able to manage mm -hmm. that in the clinic. We do an office procedure called laser retinopexy. Retino is the retina and the pexy meaning that we fix the retina by the way of putting laser shots around the tear. And most of the patient, if they have isolated tear without the retinal detachment, uh, we can take care of them in the clinic. The second option that we have is a cryo, which is like a long cold probe that we kind of uh, freeze the area of the uh, retinal tear externally if there is a limited view to the area. Uh, that we want to laser. So these are the two main ways that uh, basically we treat these patients in the clinic. But if uh, unfortunately patient end up having a retinal detachment, then we have to take the patient to the operating room and perform a surgery called pars planar vitrectomy 
the meaning of that is we enter the eye, we remove the gel, and we fix the retinal detachment, we put the laser shots, and we usually fill the eye with a gas bubble or air bubble. Uh, depends on the type of the retinal detachment. I personally try to get them in the operating room as soon as possible. Because when the retina is detached, the connection between the cells is compromised. And usually the, the photoreceptors, those tiny cells that capture the light and translate it into the image, they start dying off within like three to five days after detachment. So uh, I usually, I personally take them to the OR as soon as possible. I have done retinal detachment with her in the middle of the night and uh, you know over the weekend. And if they come to the clinic during the weekdays, we can always take them to the operating room within two, three days and get that fixed. So it sounds like time can be of the essence there that you really need to act on some of these. What are the chances that vision can be preserved in a retinal detachment? Uh, that's a very good question. If you look at the history of retinal detachment repair, we have come a long way. Now we are completely equipped with microinvasive surgery. And we can do a very precise procedures with a huge success. And uh, right now, doing the parsplenal vitrectomy with a small gauge is, uh, in a non-complicated eye, obviously, uh, the chance of success is up to 95%, which is huge. It wasn't like that like you know, 20 years ago. Well. And the technology has evolved. We have like a better understanding of how to fix the retinal detachment. We have better equipment. Uh, in a normal retinal detachment, uh, usually the chance of success, as I said, is 95%. If the retinal detachment happens because of the ruptured glow, the bad trauma, or the retinal detachment is very chronic, obviously there are other factors involved that will kind of decrease the chance of success. But overall, with modern technology and microinvasive surgery and um, other treatment modalities that we have, we have a very good chance of uh, saving the vision and improving the vision most of the patients. Now, what is recovery like for the patient and how long does it take before they are recovered? Uh, I put it in two different categories. Obviously, after the surgery, there is like a one or two weeks of recovery from the surgery itself. Uh, but the second and the most important part of the recovery, I call it visual rehabilitation or visual recovery. And that will take a long time because when the retinal cells are separated from backbone of the eye and the patient has retinal detachment, uh, first step is to put the retina back in place. But the retina is not fully functional right away. And it takes time for those cells and the retina kind of wire up again, make that connection again to the previous area that it was attached to. And uh, th that visual recovery in patients with retinal detachment is usually long. And based on my experience, uh, most of the patients, they gain most of the vision back um, in six to nine months after the surgery. It's a very slow, gradual process. And I usually educate my patients that you're going to recover from surgery soon, but your visual recovery will take much longer and you need to be patient. Um, you know, immediately after the surgery, usually they don't have a good vision because as I explained, we fill the eye after retinal detachment repair with silicone oil or gas bubble. That will create a lot of haziness and distortion. So we have to wait until the eye is recovered. In terms of the silicone oil, obviously we keep it in the eye at least for six months to a year. 
but the gas bubble will be absorbed very quickly and within like six to eight weeks. And most of these patients, they are still recovering most of their lesion immediately after that. So during that recovery time, those months, is the other eye sort of working overtime so the person can see during that time? That's, a lot of patients, they come in with complaints that they are straining too much in the other eye. And that eye is basically overworked because it's basically shouldering the, most of the work at this time. And, uh, but I, 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 you know, I, I think they go back to normal as soon as they gain enough vision in the other eye that the two eyes, they can function together. They can fixate and follow together and the brain can kind of capture the, the signal from both eyes. Uh, that, that's a very short-term problem for most of the patients. Thank you so much to Dr. Amir Yazdanyar. He's an assistant professor of ophthalmology and visual science and neuroscience and physiology at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.